This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 41 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Casual Products, and Bates Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we talk with Krista Lafayette, CEO of Edelon Diagnostics, about equine DNA testing and their research into diagnosing kissing spines and thoroughbreds. We interview our beloved Leandra Cooper from New Vocations on how she has turned her love for horses into a career, as well as brings us our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Man, I got a horse in training right now. There's going to be some thoroughbred. I mean, this is thoroughbred royalty. This horse that's here. Tell me about it. So I have two. One, his name is Jim. And Jim was sent, you know, of, from its breeding facility. Apparently they just breed tons and tons of horses. I don't even really understand the story. And he was sent to be started and then he was started and then he was sent to the trainer and they got all the way to ready to enter him in his first race where they have to like check the horse and tattoo it and make sure. And they looked at the horse and they looked, I guess, at the papers and they were like, this is not the same horse. So the people literally spent thousands of dollars to have their horse in training and it wasn't even the same horse. So Jim, as he is now known, nobody knows who Jim is. And he was sent to the rescue because I guess they were frustrated that they spent so much money. So 15 Mm -hmm. to one hand, Jim, dear sweet Jim is looking for a home and that's the weird part. But then the other part, the horse that is with me right now is a half brother to honor code. Okay. Honor code, the amazing honor code, son of AP Indy. Also, it's the same damn as honor code. And guess who his daddy is? Tap it. I mean, do you (sighs) get more, more lineage than honor code, AP Indy, tap it. And turns out he couldn't run his way out of paper bag. So he's here and ready for adoption. (laughs) I just restarted him today. (laughs) So it's just such a weird story and then such an amazing horse that ends up, you know, uh, the people, the owners donated him to the rescue because they knew they would find him a good home. And so here he is for some training and it's just so amazing. The lives that our thoroughbreds lead from start to finish. I mean, uh, all horses. It's so true. I mean, they all come with their own story, their own background. And they, I mean, every horse has a story, but I feel like the X racehorse especially comes with this extra package. If you do the digging and you're like, wow, this is such a cool thing. Like you just don't get, you get to brag about your horse a little bit when you adopt one of these horses. That that's just a neat thing to have. I think he was castrated fairly late because I was looking through his file and he sold in like 2017 at a sale for breeding at a breeding stock Mm -hmm. sale Mm -hmm. for like $50,000. Ooh. And so if he was at a breeding sex sale, obviously it wasn't a gelding. So he was a stallion in 2017 and somehow they're like, pull the plug. 
She's she's not fast. I applaud that. I applaud that decision. (laughs) I know, but can you imagine the thousands upon thousands upon thousands and dollars that was spent on getting this horse on the ground and 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 for him to be like in the market for a second career? Cool. All right. (laughs) I know. I know. And they're so forgiving. Thoroughbreds are just so amazing. Now, I do believe you guys are. Are you still horse shopping for one of your clients? Still horse shopping. So this has been. I found the unicorn horse and I'm very excited about her. Her name is Platinum. She is a 16-3, beautiful flea bitten gray mare, just that perfect level one energy. She's just like, I'd rather woe than go. Child friendly, no injuries came off the track sound. And they won her for like a song. It's beautiful. The only reason they're selling. It's because she wants a single rider. Like, she's not mean or anything like that. But the owner's like, I can tell she doesn't want to be in the lesson program. And that's okay. We want what's best for the horse. I'm like, how do I find more people like you? And how do I find more horses like this? Because this would make my job easy. The hard thing has been scheduling time for us all to meet. So this owner has been so lovely. We're not even going to be able to see this horse again. Because I tried her first. She was so lovely to ride, Jamie. Like, I, I'm the worst in a hunt saddle. If I'm in a, like any type of jump saddle, I suddenly become a giant potato. Are you a a Western, more like a Western rider? I'm a dressage girl. I like to be like trapped in my saddle, nice and parallel. Like thigh blocks, (laughs) calf blocks. I like to be locked in, you know? And so to kind of be a little, a little more forward, I was like, Ooh, all right, but this is great. I'm trying this horse for a kid. Kids are off balance. They're all over the place. They don't know how to post on the right lead. I'm like, great. Let's see what she does because I'm up here looking like a limp noodle. And she was great the whole time. I'm like, I'm, I landed a little hard a couple times in the saddle. I was a little weird on my aids cause I'm trying to do dressage age and she's kind of familiar with the work, but not really. And she just picked it up with no questions asked, totally patient. I'm like, how do, how do I take her home immediately? Yeah. I remember I tried a horse for somebody and I, I, it was for a child and mm-hmm. I kind of flopped around on him and coming up to the first cross rail. I mean, I'm sorry, it's going to be a kid. I kind of dropped the reins and just to see what would happen. And the owner was like, get behind his mouth. And I was like, <laughs> it's not going to be a rider like me. It's going to yeah. be a child. So I, I love to test him out like that. I mean, that's, yep. that's what their job is with uneven reins and everything. Like oh, let's yeah. just change direction. And this horse just stays on the rail. You oh, know, she would come nice. off of it, stayed straight. And I'm like, I need to take her home. But you want to know the kicker, Jamie, when I told the family, they're like, well, she really wants a big gelding. I was like, I don't give a damn. Oh my We're God. Not color. <laughs> I like when I was like nine, I was like, I want a white horse. You know, like, come on. So my parents bought the wildest white pony. I don't think it was touched. But Jamie, this mare, she stays clean and she's a gray. She doesn't want to roll. She barely gets dirty. They're lying to you. Okay. It just became a lie. (laughs) I know. I'm like this. This doesn't happen. This isn't real. And I'm in, I'm in a COVID dream, but anyway, (laughs) COVID dream. Well, all right. Before we get to our first guest, Leandra, who we're all familiar with, let's hear from our title sponsor. And we're so glad they're here and thank them very much. Kentucky performance products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. 
He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Now, now y'all are going to know her voice because she's on every week and gives us a training tip and an adoptable horse of the week. But Leandra Cooper, the Kentucky facility director and trainer for New Vocations, is going to come on. I want to hear a little bit about you. You never talk about yourself, Leandra. <laughs> so, sure, what do you want to know? Well, I want to know a little bit about kind of what got you into horses and led you all the way to new vocations. Let's start with what got you into horses. Well, that's an easy one. My first word was horsey. Oh, nice. So I would say some of that was probably built in. As far as my family goes, neither one of my parents are really avid riders, but my grandpa was part of the last U.S. Cavalry, so there certainly was some horsey genes in the family. And... I just, I had bugs from the, from the time I was a little kid and all the way throughout, I begged for a pony every birthday. I was just that kid who just wanted to be in the barn and be a barn rat. So as soon as I could convince the barn that was close to where I grew up, I grew up outside of Boston. So I started at the Dana Hall School Riding Center. And fortunately, there are some really, really incredible teachers there who started me out and just fed that hunger for learning. And I was the kid who was always, always wanted to be there when the vet was there and asking all the questions and when the farrier was there and even like through the horses getting their teeth floated, I was, I wanted to be there and just learn. I was always drawn to the horses who were kind of the quote unquote problem horses, just kind of, engaged my mind and made me want to dig in more and figure out how to put the pieces of their puzzle together to make it all work. So I really started out there and that's a very hunter jumper based barn, um, as is really common in the Northeast to say. So I started in that background. That's my foundation. And then I continued on at Dana Hall school when I was going to school um, throughout middle school, and then actually shifted gears and went out to a school in California called the Thatcher School, which is in Ojai, California. It's just north of LA. And I went there because I had heard about their riding program when I was in third grade. My dad's cousins had gone there, and they told me about a really neat program called the Silver Dollar Club. And what that was was a group of equestrians who kind of stuck with the horse program throughout their time at the school. And you actually had to pick up the silver dollar from the ground, from your horse, and you can't drop the canter. You could never drop the canter throughout. 
And I was told about the training process to get to that point where you're picking up sacks of oranges off the ground. And I just was always fascinated by the program and fortunately convinced my parents to let me move across the country to the boarding school. And I really was able to dig in there. But something that was really interesting for me was that I was learning of very much the Western side of things. So whereas, whereas I had grown up in a hunter-jumper background and knew that there was a, a big sort of Western part of the program there, and I thought to myself in sort of typical single-minded sense, like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll just do what's required of me in the, the Western part of it, but I'll just, I'll really focus on the English part and, um, you know, I don't, I don't really need to do that cowboy stuff. And what I found was some of the instructors out there, including Camp Shriver, who's a really pronounced Western horseman, he competed in like the extreme horseman competition. And what I learned really was like the, the true roots of natural horsemanship. And I, I didn't know it is that then. And there certainly wasn't as much like commercial basis for natural horsemanship as there was, but it was teaching me how to really listen to the horse, how to get out of my own mind and the old traditional sort of structured style of learning. And um, really like figure out what's at the root of how the horse thinks and how they work. And that opened my mind to a lot of other parts of the way that I now think about riding. Like when you develop your own way of thinking, it oftentimes is a conglomerate of all the teachers you've had throughout your life. And that certainly was the case for me, but this was a big turning point for me and just the way that I thought, because I was, shifting my mindset from like, here's the one track way of thinking to expanding my horizons much, much bigger. So when I went to college, I was on the equestrian team at, well, I was training at at Skidmore where I went to college and doing hunter jumper again. But then what I really realized was I wanted to keep expanding my horizon. So I didn't want to go back to my roots quite yet. I had kind of burnt out from just doing traditional horse showing and I wanted to really do more in the community and what, what better place than Saratoga Springs, New York, where you have so many different opportunities there. So I started doing polo and had taken clinics and dressage and started just trying to learn, just continue learning as much as I possibly could. So I, sort of, I had the roots, I had different feelers out different places, but I wanted to just think much differently and avoid ever having that, that single track mindset. So off-track thoroughbreds have had a place in my life throughout. Like when I was a kid and riding, I was riding some obviously very well-trained uh, and experienced off-the-track thoroughbreds. At that point, the thoroughbreds were all, I just always gravitated back to them. And my story could, could be a very long one, including my living in Iceland and, um, you know, pursuing sort of it, the academic career and trying to like figure out exactly which path I want to go. But I always gravitated back to horses and back to the thoroughbred. So I was actually told by a friend when I moved back to Saratoga Springs after having sort of lived abroad, come back, lived back outside of Boston where I had grown up, moved back to Saratoga Springs. So I just always, always came back to the horses. Somebody told me about the opportunity with the vocation. And when I started with new vocations, I started in developing New York facilities, which they hadn't had prior to when I started with them. They were looking for the right place to 
start and the right person to sort of start with in New York. And I um, ended up, I guess, being being a person. And then when the trainer who was in Kentucky moved back to Texas, where she grew up from, I, the program director, Anna Ford, I said, hey, I think I'd love to come down there. And here I am in Kentucky and haven't looked back. That is amazing. You know, all of that, the beginning of your story, I just kept thinking, wow, what amazing supportive parents you had. I mean, you're like, (laughs) I want to go there and do this and with horses. And it's like my parents, they must have just been like, what is with the horses? Enough. You know, I I remember my, my, my dad said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to ride horses for money. And he's like, yeah, they don't, that's not a thing. You can't do that. That's not a job. And now when my dad comes to visit, I'm like, I'm riding horses for money. <laughs> of course, yes, it wasn't doing, all about yeah. that. But I just, that was my dream was to to be a part of the horse world as a job. And that, that's all at seven years old I could vocalize was I want to do that for a job. And you definitely yeah. found like the perfect job for you. So congratulations. And any particular horse, give me like the one horse in your life that stands out the most tough one. Like in my past or like in your life, what is, what is the horse? I'm sure there's a lot, but what is one horse you can think of <laughs> that, that really, really has meant a lot to you kind of a life changing kind of situation? Well, I would have to say that would be my horse who just actually passed away a couple of weeks ago, goes to the Gozerian, oh. um, and he had an untimely death. And so it's, it's still a little fresh to me, but he was, he was a horse like I've never met before. Definitely a once in a lifetime kind of horse. He, he died when he was just four. Um, unfortunately, he fractured his tibia when he was recovering from a successful colic surgery. <laughs> oh God. Uh, a real bummer to say the least, but well, this uh, is not where he, I thought this was going to go. But I can tell you're no, smiling no. talking about him. But yeah, I'll tell you what. He he's a horse that definitely touched my life and I just every moment that I had with him, I loved in entirety. Like this was a horse I, I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of horses at this point, and I've never met one like him because it just came from a very unlikely place. So he was a really meek kind of horse. Um, like he had ring rot when he first came into new vocations and he was really foot sore. He had retired from racing um, with sore knees and the highest speed rating he ever had was 33. He only had two starts. The other start, he had a speed rating of, I think it was eight, just eight. He basically uh, trotted the whole race. <laughs> yeah. Terrible resource, but he just he would didn't have a lot of confidence, didn't have a lot of looks to make it stand out, but he, it was just something about him. He's just a sweetheart through and through. And, you know, he was a horse who, um, when he came over to the training side, eventually, like all the other horses spooked. I saw them running from the back of the field and every other horse stops at the gate at the top of the hill, except for Gozer, who decides he's going to try to jump it and ends up somersaulting over the fence and recovers on the other side for us. <laughs> I'm just standing there with my jaw dropped, you know, like what horse actually tries to jump it? Well, it was this guy because he had all the heart in the world. I think some of it was also the product of maybe not realizing until the last minute, you know, big gate there. But he would get picked on by the other horses. And I, a couple of times, I'd be driving out of the farm and I would see him being like blocked from the water trough, like our little automatic water out there. 
and I would get out and I would sort of like shoo off the other horses and kind of just was like, it's okay, buddy, you can drink the water. And it was like, from that moment on, I was bonded with this horse. There was just something about him. I could never really put my finger on it, but here you felt like you could trust him. So the second ride I ever had on him, I took his bridle off completely and just brought him around like that with just the reins. And I had the bridle in my hand and it's just, you know, just a horse. I could never explain it, why I felt like I could trust him like that or why I had that connection with him. But it was just something that was so unique to anything I ever had. It was like he was so much more than a horse to me. But he really taught me a lot, too, because I had to be really patient as I waited for him to not only physically mature, but for his feet to come along because his feet were just really, really weak. He was plagued with this high risk for colic his whole life so it was a horse who kind of had me on edge like just constantly thinking about everything you can possibly do for a horse to make the make it the best life possible for them and in turn he gave me happiness like I've never felt before like there'd be times where I would just feel like my heart was exploding and I'd be like raising him I'm so Uh, sorry you lost him oh me too I it's yeah, it, it's a little bit um, a terrible irony to, to be placing horses for other people all the time and lose lose the one. But, I, you know, I think it's just th- those that are that special, it seems like you, you can never hold on to them long enough anyway. But he'll be with me always. I, I could feel it almost like it at first always. It, it still is pretty fresh, but I could feel a couple of days after he passed that he was sort of with me again and I could, I could see the ways in other horses that they were reflecting things about him. Like you can find ways that they're in, in other horses, but it's, you know, it's never quite the same, but, but definitely Gozer, Gozer would be a horse like I've never met before in my life. Definitely cut too short, but, <clears throat> but you just, some, there's, there's something to be said for that X factor, right? And he was always that perfect horse, even while he was alive. And I was saying, I could never explain what it was about this horse. I remember like you talking about him when you adopted him. So, well, it's yeah. amazing that he's left such a powerful legacy with you. And, and, um, uh, and I'm glad that you can look for the positive in a situation like that. And man, I'm giving you a big old hug right now, girl. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's all you can do really. I mean, there, there's a big hole in my heart still. I'm really lucky that I have a lot of horses to distract me, but, but definitely everybody give, give their horses a big hug. It's, it, it, you can never predict when it's going to happen, really. Yeah. Well, uh, before we... Yeah, exactly. Go hug your pony. Well, before we run out of time, tell us a little bit about maybe your next dream pony, Southern Brigade. Yeah. Southern Brigade is a really neat horse. Obviously, he's one that has really great looks. I mean, even confirmationally, he just screams sport horse. And I've kind of given him the unofficial nickname around the barn, Sobro, because he really has that kind of bro personality where he just is very like laid back and go in the flow, kind of has a bad sense of his body space and like will bump into you. He's just kind of like a bro personality. But He's been really fun to play around with. Something that I've done different with his videos, if anybody checks out his profile on our website at horseadoption.com, I already put him up online. So under that horses tab, you can see Southern Brigade. But I have tried to sort of track his rides because he's an interesting horse. He's one who retired with no known injuries. So we were able to kind of start along with him 
pretty quickly, and but he's really fussy. He's a horse who's really easily offended under saddle. So if you do nothing and you just kind of let him plot around, he would be really heavy and he wouldn't steer really well and he would just kind of like plop around everywhere. But he wouldn't probably be that oppositional. But you ask him to do something and he gets kind of fussy and upset. So we've been working through that. And what I've been trying to do is track those rides. So as opposed to just doing one sort of like nicer put together sort of finishing touch rides. I've been trying to upload the videos as we're taking new ones. You can see his progress and he's really surprised me. He's picked up on things quickly. He's been receptive to it, but I think it also does a really good job of showing the path, the transformation for some of these horses and what really goes into it. Cause it's not just that sort of pretty ride. It's all of this sort of ugly, (laughs) uglier moments. No, it's a big, I'm watching I'm watching kind of both the second and the third, and it is definitely a huge difference. Kind of before in the first yeah. one, you're pushing him forward and he's putting his head up and he doesn't. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, racehorses don't know when they come off the track. Yes, somebody can sit on their back, but they do not know how to go, they do not know how to stop, yeah. and they do not know how to turn. So all of yeah. those things at once, especially in a big arena with the jumps that you guys have, you know, there's a lot going on. And then in the second yeah. video, it's, it's almost like like he, he, yeah, he just figured, oh, that was explosive. Uh, in yeah. uh, the second video, he <laughs> just kind of like, better. yeah, exactly. He just kind of figured out how to go forward and like soften his frame. A really huge difference. How long from one to the other was that? It was like two days, but also it's not linear. And like you were saying, like his trot really improved from like one video to the next. And then you ask him for the canter and he's like, we're like, dragged. <laughs> canter before like oh okay uh and i just kind of loved that it's just like you could kind of see what we were going through with a lot of not everyone they're all different but he's he'll be such a neat horse he's built so nicely really uphill shoulder like short cannon bones nicely crooked. like he's balanced um he's got all the right parts but then it's this this part of working their brain, getting them to the point where they're ready to work with you instead of against you. But yeah, you can have all the physical pieces. So I'm trying to kind of show the mental part, but I just think he's going to be amazing mount for somebody with a little bit of time because man, I mean, we're like a week into starting him into really working rides and he's already made a lot of improvements. Yeah, he has. His adoption fee is $2,500. He's only four years old. And I think my favorite part is he is a son of Big Brown. The royalty yeah. and the bloodlines y'all get in Kentucky is just amazing. I was talking at the beginning oh, of the show. Yeah, you're totally spoiled because I'm like, oh, my God, it's a horse. I know the sire and damn, it's not an Oklahoma bred. I have a son of Tappet yeah. and a half brother yeah. to Honor Code that's currently at the farm. Oh. And it's like, I'm like, I like got like heart palpitations. I was like, oh my God, you're like famous. <laughs> you're like the sibling of somebody yeah. really famous, you know? So it is, yeah. you guys do get a lot of really amazingly bred thoroughbreds. So, well, as always, Leandra Cooper, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And again, it's horseadoption.com. That's where you can find him. And again, tell everybody his name. So all I want to call him is Sobro. Southern. Yeah, Southern Brigade. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Leandra. Thanks so much for having me. Talk to you next time. It's fly time. Protect your equine friends with Cashel Company's full line of chemical-free fly protection. The Cashel Company's Crusader fly mask has a patented design for maximum comfort and protection from insects and blocks 70% of UV rays. Yes, it may be October, 
but it's still happening, guys. Today, it's but, like 90 degrees here today. I know it's 77 here and the gnats are still plaguing us, which is why you guys got to get this Cashel Company Crusader line. It has a whole line of fly protection, chemical free and a great alternative fly sprays that can contain chemicals are expensive and don't last for long periods of time. Ain't nobody got time to go out and spray their horse three times a day. We just don't. The Crusader line by Cashel Company can protect your horse from head to toe available in fly masks, fly sheets, and fly boots. Extend the life of your horse's shoes and alleviate pressure from their leg soft tissues with Cashel Company's Crusader leg guards. The unique adjustable design helps reduce stomping caused by insect, induced stress, and fits any horse in the barn. For more information on Cashel products, visit one of the nationwide authorized dealers or visit www.cashelcompany.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Cashel Company. Bates Saddles offers highly specialized saddles for every discipline engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. And for your horse, the care cushion system and easy change fit solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a Bates saddle. Visit BatesSaddles.com to find out more. That's BatesSaddles.com. Well, for all of my horsey science geeks out there who are just like me, we love a good study. We love to learn some research. I have a special treat for you guys today. We have Krista Lafayette. She's the CEO of Edelong Diagnostics. They're a creator of a commercially available genetic test for horses. And she's coming on with some really pretty cool science for us today. So welcome to the show, Krista. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is going to be really fun. I think so. I'm a huge nerd. So when I saw the opportunity to talk to a scientist <laughs> going about horses, I'm like two of my favorite things in one space. I was here for it. So thanks for joining us today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Edelon and what your mission is? Ooh, well, I'll give you the short version of that. We are all horsey people here at Edelon and we all happen to be scientists as well. So the general mission here at Edelon is to design uh, horse services and, and veterinary services the way we would want them as horse people, which pretty me much means everything right now as accurate as possible. I think the, the bigger mission might be a little less visible uh, to all of us horse folks that this company isn't just strictly about horses, but that it's about preclinical discovery in general for all mammals, which means if we horsey people get together and discover genetics within horses, a good many of those things that we discover, diseases, performance, colors, traits, all of that stuff is applicable to humans as well because they're mammals, just like horses. And as we're doing this, it's cruelty-free. No animals have to live in a lab to do this testing to improve the horse and human condition. Does that help summarize what we're doing? <laughs> I think so. And I, I love that you mentioned that you don't have to have them live in a lab. A lot of times it's just through really well thought through studies of people donating, you know, hair samples, mm -hmm. saliva samples, you know, observationals. It's, it's great that you guys are doing this. I, I mean, I listened to countless podcasts about human 
you know, illnesses, genetic testing, things like that. And it's nice to see that that same research is going in the equine world too. I, I mean, all of us would love to be able to wrap our horses in bubble wrap to <laughs> limit the number of vet bills <laughs> that we find. So to, for what you guys are doing, we can't thank you enough. And you guys created a DNA test as well for horses. Tell us a little about the inspiration for that and what you're hoping can offer to other riders and horse owners with it. Well, the inspiration for that actually came out of my own experience as a horse owner. Um, Several years back, I finally was able to afford my own horses. Yay! It took a long time, but I finally was able to do it. And because I would purchase breeding stallions, the um, registries all said that I had to DNA test my horses. So, you know, I'm an absolute nerd. And I was like, that's amazing. And then I went to do it. (laughs) And the experience was not amazing. Mm. It was expensive. I don't, you know, so I'm a, I'm an animal scientist in the biotech world. I have helped design many of these research behavioral and surgical models that, that go into human therapeutics Mm -hmm. and always with a, with a, a thread of regret. In other words, if I do my job really, really well and I refine the models and I lessen the need for animal research, if I put myself out of work, I've done a really good job. And that's always been my goal. So when it comes to science, when I go online to look at a DNA test for my horse, if I can't understand what they're trying to sell me, who can? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's absolutely true. And so is this kind of like a 23 and me? Is it kind of designed to point out, you know, what sides or what breeds your horse makes up of them? Or is it anything from illnesses, disposition? Like how deep does it go? So this is 32 and you. Big difference. Oh, 32 and you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the point to the the platform, we designed it again with the thought of accelerating discovery in mind. Mm-hmm. And um being horse people, we're all pretty cheap. We don't like to be nickel and dimed. We don't like to be cash cows for somebody else. So what we did was we designed a platform that was very large, large scale. And 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 in other words, it casts the net very wide. And we test horses for a huge panel of things. And we don't care if they're Arabians or thoroughbreds or drafts. We look at them in a non-biased way to see where diseases and coat colors and traits and performance things actually exist within the animals without any predispositions, without any bias, without any stereotypes. And what ends up happening is we find things in places where they shouldn't be. And we also find things that are that are maybe not as big of a surprise. You know, people have stereotypes about certain bloodlines of horses and rumors about others. And we find that, unfortunately, with many, many stereotypes, especially in the horse world, there's always a grain of truth in there somewhere. And you can tease it out if you're careful enough with the data. You can look at things in a non-biased way. And if there's any truth to the stereotype, it will fall out. You'll see that, yeah, in fact, this bloodline does carry more of this, that, or the other. But it makes sense because as far as we can trace it back, the original mutation happened here. Interesting. So could this be used potentially if the science was done right and the studies were there? Could you use it to breed a genetically engineered, basically, Triple crown winner. Could I use this to predict my horse may perform well and have a chance at winning a triple crown? So, you know, the short answer is you can make a perfect horse, but you can't make a perfect rider. 
That's true. Um, <laughs> That's <so> very true. <laughs> genetically speaking, in my mind, all horses are perfect people. Hmm, not really, but um, you know, we can't do anything about that. You can you can genetically engineer certain parts at this point already, and you can certainly do things like solve some disease issues, and you can tweak some things here or there. But the truth of the matter is, there's going to be a good chunk that's genetic and a good chunk that's environmental. And you just cannot, no matter how much control you have, replicate the same situation over and over. So even if you have, say, clones on the ground, everybody thought clones were the the end of live breeding and the end of, you know, horse breeding as we knew it. But but in fact, they aren't. And they aren't for a very simple reason. An animal that was perfect and won in 1989 at, you know, um, the World Reigning Championship, for example, that same animal in 1999 wouldn't stand a chance because the discipline and the animals around it and the judges and the people have so changed in that short time period that the entire definition of the animal that wins is different. I'm so glad you said that. I I mean, I don't see it as much in the thoroughbred world, but especially in other breeding circuits, especially anything involving halter, uh, English or Western pleasure, you see mm-hmm. all these high stake horses with certain bloodlines being bred or like, oh, well, their daddy was, or the sire for this was a champion here. So this foal has a high chance of being a champion. And truthfully, it it does depend on the environment, it depends on the training, um, it depends on the, the feed, the nutrition, the barn setting, you know, all We just it. talked about this at the beginning of the show. I have a horse here <laughs> that is a half brother to honor code by Tappet and couldn't run out of a paper bag. <laughs> well, okay. So think about it for a minute. You all have siblings. Yeah. Well, I don't know about your house, but in my house, I'm the best one. Oh, I mean, I'm my brother will disagree. I mean, 100%. There's no question. <laughs> <laughs> right? But we come from the same two parents. So mm-hmm. what went wrong? Well, you know, that's where we're looking at all these different composition things. So in one of our main things that we're working on right now is a package called Ancestry. And it's sort of a misnomer because people think Ancestry, they think of breed. I really don't care what your breed is. If you can jump two meters from a dead standstill, I want to know what that is. Right. But just because your parents can do it doesn't mean you can do it. And what you got from your parents, the mix of genes you get from your parents is not going to be the same as your 10 brothers and sisters. And in some cases, many of these traits that are involved in the higher disciplines, um, the higher levels of disciplines, like, you know, the top triple crown winner or the top winner at Longines, any of these things, show jumping, eventing the traits needed to win at the top of your game at that time, it's not going to be any one thing or any two things. It's going to be a complicated algorithm of things. And it's getting that whole package that makes the champion. And then you got to find the rider and the trainer and the great nutrition and all of that. So it's complicated. That is so well said. I, I feel like we need to have you do a Ted talk for the horse world. <laughs> <laughs> Triple crown designing dreams aside, you guys are actually taking on a really cool study right now for thoroughbreds and that's looking into kissing spine. I know a lot of our listeners, they've had either dealt with kissing spines or fear kissing spines when sometimes adopting one of these horses. It's going to be something that comes on later. Tell us mm-hmm. a little about the research that you're hoping to do with this DNA testing and diagnosing kissing spines. 
So the kissing spine study is an interesting one. We're working on any number of diseases at any time, and we work in conjunction with a bunch of academics. Um, and if we don't have the right academic person who might be interested, then we'll reach out to a group and say, hey, we have these samples. We're going to run them and find X marker or this disease. Are you interested in it? Do you want to join us? Because we want the academic folks to have ammunition in order to publish because their careers depend on it and funding in these realms is drying up, right? So if we work with the academic minds, a lot of times they'll see things the way we don't. And at the end of the day, genetics genes cannot be patented in the U.S. So we let them publish. We have something new for us horse people and everybody's happy, right? So it's a good collaboration. So at some point, as we were building these collaborations, we sat down with a group of our veterinarians and it was over a nice dinner and maybe <clears throat> copious amounts of alcohol. And we decided that we were going to knock out a list of our top 10 things that we think that we can find this year that are probably largely genetic or at least heavily influenced by genes. Oh my God. And that's the when the that best list, ideas are hatched girls. When you're just sitting around drinking and start trying to figure out what percent. to do with the world. Yes. I like you know, you have all minute. the solutions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to hear my opinion, said alcohol. Right? <laughs> Here's what I but think. Yeah. Go. So keep going. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just. I'm no, just not, at all. not at all. Maybe we should do this over alcohol. That'd be even more fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> talk about an editor's hell. So <laughs> when you have these discussions and, and truly when you're sitting at dinner and it's casual and people are just throwing out ideas and they're feeling good, sometimes some genius is hatched. And in this case, the conversation with this group of veterinarians, the top of the list was kissing spines. And we thought we have each of us at the table have several sets of horses that we thought have a pretty big group of kissing spines offspring. And that led the vets to believe, you know, this, this is probably heavily influenced at the very least by genetics. And so we made the decision then and there, all right, let's pool our samples, let's run it, let's see if we can find some markers or some regions that look active in these horses that are positive for kissing spines alongside horses that are not positive for kissing spines, normal x-rays, completely clean. Now, funnily enough, getting samples for kissing spines horses is fairly easy because people who have them are adversely affected. It's traumatic. And they spend all this money and all these x-rays to get these animals fixed and well. The hard part is getting animals that are clean on x-rays, normal, older thoroughbreds that do not have kissing spines by x-ray. That's really hard. Really hard. Really? And so that's How, like, what, what percentage, sorry to jump in, what percentage of horses have some sort of uh, thoroughbreds have a variance of kissing spines? Well, so the estimate in the population right now, based on the, the, the previous literature, is about a third of horses are, oh, could wow. be positive for kissing spines on, on x-rays. But we all know that you can be completely horrific in your radiographs and never have a clinical symptom at all. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. So the second part to the study is not only can we see kissing spines in the genetic code, but can we see the difference between an animal who has it on radiographs and an animal who suffers? That is some big brain stuff right there, girl. This is amazing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super. It's fascinated. a tough order, but you know, so you guys are calling for 
also thoroughbreds with a clean spinal x-ray because um, you put out on, this is how I found you guys to interview you. You put it out on social media that you're asking people to submit these samples and mm-hmm. you're looking for people who do have diagnosed kissing spines, but also people who have horses that don't have it. How inclined are people who like, oh, my horses have a kissing spines. How, how inclined are they? Like, how do you get the motivation to get them even checked? It's really difficult with, with people, again, like I said, the people with kissing spines, they're all over it. They have been wonderful. We, I cannot believe the reaction we've had to this call to order. But the people who do not have it, not my problem, right? It, it's, <laughs> this is a difficult problem around the world with everything. We could mention some examples like <clears throat> COVID. But the, <laughs> the issue here is that if you have a healthy older thoroughbred, why would you have radiographs? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that makes it really challenging. So the other side of the coin is to say, all right, all you people out there spending copious amounts of money on your fancy new warm blood or your off the track thoroughbred and you're doing a pre-purchase exam. If it's clean, could you send us a sample and could you send us a radiograph? Cause your horse is a shining example of what we do want. Yeah. I guess people are starting to do that in pre-purchases now x-ray the whole entire spine. So yeah, send it to you. Where do mm-hmm. they send it? Yes. <laughs> so we put up a blog on edelondx.com that tells in excruciating detail where to send it. And what we've done is it's super simple. You can go online to edelondx.com and you can register like you're going to buy something, right? You go ahead and create a login, add a horse, put your horse's information in there, upload the photos or x-rays. And then when you get to the order page, just click the KS study. It does not cost anything. You will not be charged anything. You can choose invoice or you can choose credit card, however you want to end it. It will give you a sample submission form that you print out. Then you run out into the barn, whisper sweet nothings into his ear and pull out some tail hair. Don't get kicked, please. <laughs> and, and close the tail hair, send it in to us. The, the sample is the most important part. We can always follow up later if you don't have the radiographs immediately or you want to send us your vet's name or you need a week to get them. That's okay. The DNA takes longer than the radiograph analysis, right? So once we have all our radiographs, one or, one or more of our poor vets get to go through them blinded, score them, and then we compare them to the DNA. And we will then um, add those findings to our already um, study in the works. Wow. And we'll make sure to put a link to that blog as well on our social media and our um, show notes for today so people can check it out. And is there any deadlines for people to meet this or can they send it whenever? So unfortunately, this is a very, this is flying forward very fast. We do need the samples by October 10th, which is this Saturday. And the reason we need them so quickly is this is a study already in progress. It's already been submitted to the AAEP, the American Association of Equine Practitioners. And the veterinarians who you, you've seen probably on the post, Dr. Kent Allen, Dr. Cliff Honus, um, Dr. Bo Whitaker, Dr. Ben Buchanan, these guys, we've all put together a study and a paper. And what we're doing now is we're taking the opportunity, because everyone is at home with, with uh, the COVID bans and what have you, to amass more samples and collaborate with the owners and see if we can grow this study out of control and add to our already interesting findings. Well, when will this, you're hoping to be published and where we can access it? Everybody, anybody can. Anyone can. It's already been accepted by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. So the study will be presented the first week in December and it will be published. So this is not something 
where we are going to find it and then hide away with it and keep it our secret. That's not the point. <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to book you for our other show, Horses in the Morning. Once this sub- the study comes out and you've got all your uh, ducks in a row there, oh, I'm going to have you back on if that's okay. 100%. Anything you guys want, you know, I'm your slave. Whatever you want. If it's horses, <laughs> Thank I'm you there. so much, Krista. <laughs> and even though, you know, today is the deadline, guys, for to submit your samples. But Krista did say you can pull the hair sample. So sign up today. Send your sample in the mail. It'll only take you a couple minutes and then get your x-rays if you can. That can come later. So help out the study. Thanks. We would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Thanks to all the likes. And also, you guys, if you like the podcast, give us a review. If you don't like it, well, you haven't made it this far. Follow us on Twitter (laughs) at Horse Radio. Check out Jamie's Facebook page, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor, and shoot her an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at joyhequestrian. Feel free to shoot me a message there as well. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Products, and Bait Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. Bye.